0: TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. Hockey! Yeah! Oh, My favorite. It's Judd's Hockey Show. Although the Wild's been done for, what, about a month now? I have. I bring to the table today five pressing topics that I want to go back and forth on. Uh, some of them are questions. Some of them are, are analysis. Some of them are what could we consider newsy. How's that for a little tease for you? All right. Five pressing topics. Topic number one, a credit to the Dallas Stars. They get the award in my mind for best coaching use of the pandemic downt- downtime. So the Dallas Stars were when the season was put on hiatus in March, March 12th, I believe. The Dallas Stars were a team that was pretty, I think, defensive Minded, the defensemen ordinarily stayed back. They didn't join the play. They played probably what we would consider to be an underwhelming, boring style of hockey, despite the fact that they had the talent to do more. But they were basically told not to. The decision that uh, Coach Rick Bonus made during the break, though, was very interesting. Because he clearly called uh, Miro Hiskinen and John Klingberg aside. And he said, gentlemen, if you have a chance to join the play, when we're in the bubble in Edmonton playing our uh, qualifying round, or actually preliminary round for them and playoff games, I want you to step up into the play as much as possible. In fact, I think he told all the defensemen that. He's getting in with the Stars now, their series against the Vegas Golden Knights, tied 1 1 in the Western Conference Finals. Going into last night, five goals and 23 points to lead the team. All right? Klingberg, three goals, 10 points, fourth on the team. Genius to basically say, we got a lot of downtime here, boys. Let's decide to do something different. So that that being said, I want to ask you this question. With the downtime that they now currently have before the start of the 2020 season, what do you think is a realistic ask that Dean Everson and Bill Guerin could decide to do with this current Wild team that would improve them starting on opening night next season and is something that we didn't see them do enough this past year?
1: I think it if if it's trying to replicate what the stars were doing asking guys like Hiskanen to jump up into the play and be more offensive defensemen um I think the Wild actually have horses to do that um I know Jonas Brodin isn't a sexy offensive player and he probably can't be I don't think there's anything more to his game offensively that we haven't seen or I don't, and I don't think there's anything that can be unlocked to his game offensively I think he just is who he is right and 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 that's a very good player it's just I don't think there's more ceiling to his game from an offensive standpoint. Um, but can you get someone like Kalen Addison, like a prospect to basically jump into the fold and, and be ready to do something like that? I think if you can have more guys like Matt Dumba and Kalen Addison, we know what Jared Spurgeon and Ryan Suter can do offensively too. Then, then again, you're talking about four defensemen who can probably flirt with 10 goals, um, guys that can be 40 assist guys um you you definitely are going to see the wild i think play more of that up tempo game and which is probably i think more likely that i think it's easier to say trade Jonas Brodeen because you can because he's coming up on a contract you don't really want to give up Matt Dumba because he's a rare commodity but also are you going to be able to get the number one center for Jonas Brodeen because i'm starting to more i'm starting to think more you it's more likely if you're going to get a top line center via trade you're probably going to have to dangle Dumba to really get it if you really want the true number one center, because Dumba's game is, is more flashier and and it's and it's more appealing to a team who's trying to give up something and get something back and rewarded, rewarded for. So uh, I still think Brodine's the one that gets moved, but I, I think that their their defensive trajectory and what they want to do is they want guys to play more like Matt Dumba. And if that means you have to give Kalen Addison, who hasn't played a lick in the NHL, um, significant ice time and let him make mistakes, I'm all for that. I'm all for that. I'm, I'm not, I mean, coaches, though? probably not, probably not. Of course not. And you know, guys like Brad Hunt, Judd, who brought, I mean, he was as much as I love to rip him. I mean, he, he was more of an offensive sound defenseman and, and was a power play specialist, but I'd much rather see a guy like Kalen Addison getting 13, 14 minutes a night and being on the power play than seeing someone like Brad Hunt uh, get, get that time. Or even someone like Greg Patteron, um, getting a roster spot for the, you know, for the godforsaken third season in a row, you know, like I'd rather see someone like Belpedio and Kalen Addison, who are offensive first defensemen yep. get awarded with ice time. And I think that that's what it is. Cause your forward group uh, up until we fight, figure out who the, what center you're going to get, I think is mostly intact. It's more of, if you're going to trade Brodeen, who replaces Brodeen's minutes and production.
0: How, how many of your current forwards, Declan, do you think are prepared to play the style that the wild wants? So like, Fiala is for sure there's no question. Um Stall tries but I think Stahl wears out quickly now because he's what 35, 36 or so. Um my question is is I like the intention of the style and the up tempo is it's more fun to watch. It can certainly lead to more opportunities but over the course of a season my concern here is and going back to when the system was installed after Bujo was fired was how many guys can actually play that system effectively for long periods of time? Because you know what, Dex, you get down to Parisi, and that's a big question mark. I mean, Zach's going to try hard and he's going to work hard and he's going to dig pucks out. But I give, you're telling Zach Parisi, we're going to go, go, go. I, I think there comes a point in time in a season where Parisi is, is probably tuckered out himself. So I love I loved what Dean and Bill Guerin wanted to do. And look for 12 games, it's possible. Mm -hmm. especially with with the boost of a coach being fired and the adrenaline rush that that seems to give a team. I totally get that. Uh, But to go back to what we're talking about now, just when you look at this entire roster and the forwards especially and the forwards that this team currently has who can play that style, it's, I think, a pretty small list over an extended period of time.
1: I I think if I'm looking at the list of guys who can do that, I think, yeah, it's it's Fiala, it's Kaprizov. I still think Prezi can Will he break down maybe, but I'm not gonna i I'm not just gonna rule him out and say he can't do it over the course of a season because I still think Zach has a lot of game left in him. Um I think Luke Cunning can. I still think Matt Zuccarello can. Um I think Matt Zuccarello, even though he looked a little bit lost, if he's gonna make a career out of this, it's not gonna he's not gonna change his style and be a defensive first forward by any means. So he's still gonna have to be an offensive guy. Can he play um, pace though consistently? But, yeah, I think he can. I don't know if he can play a pace. I think he can. I think um, he might be old. I, I think I think he can play it. I I feel more comfortable with him getting more out of his game than I do with Eric Stahl. And I know they're still they're over their thirties and Stahl's of like what four or three years older than, than Matt Zuccarello is, but I think Zuccarello can play that tempo. I think Cunningham can play that tempo. Um Greenway, I don't know. Eck, I don't know. Uh Ryan Donato, I like to think he can, but also can, can you will you give him a leash ever to to see if he can be that guy? I also don't know. So basically, if you yeah. can get if you can get a a true number one center or, or a, a significant upgrade in your top six, let's even call it that, and you can have at least three of those guys in Kaprizov, Fiala, and the the acquainted center that you haven't found yet, I feel a lot better that the supplemental pieces around them, if, even if they can't play at that pace, can at least stabilize things and aren't, won't drag you down. Um, and I think that that that's a big question. I mean, you have to figure out what center you can pair with these guys because. Right now, even if they go out and trade someone, he, he'll be your if-do-de-facto number one center. But will he be a true number one center? We have to wait and see.
0: I think, to your point, I think Donato can play at pace, but they're going to have to be patient and they're not patient. That's the problem here, too, is at, at some point in time, pretty quickly here, they're going to have to prioritize what they want to see. And and if they're going to pull the trigger on a trade here, I do think, uh, back to the point of trying to trade for a center, I do wonder if they're going to shop Brodeen in a package of a young guy like a Greenway, who I think still has, I think in the minds of teams, still has upside. And he doesn't treat me, but there certainly have been red flags left and right at times or a cunt. All right. Question number two How long do you want the 2021 season to be? Uh, and I, I've seen stories about this that our guy Gary is still talking about, no matter what it starts, cramming in eighty two games do you want it to be that long ever again, basically, and would you be willing to have the twenty twenty one season for the sake of getting it started start in a bubble format uh
1: i I am definitely pro trimming down the regular season um i I, I have been a fan of the, I've been on board with that forever, and if that means limiting bye weeks, um, you eliminate bye weeks, you figure out ways to do that. Why is it that baseball and hockey? In, in, a, in a normal world, in a normal setting, play half as many games as baseball, but they they take longer to do it from regular season to championship. Why the hell is that? People think, oh, there's too many baseball games on. There's too many baseball games on. Then how come baseball finishes before you do? Because they just play every day and their schedule's set and that's what it is. Um, So I am totally for the NHL trimming down their regular season. If that's 70 games, okay. I'm, I'm cool with that. And I, I think in general, it's going to take you like what? It's already going to take you basically a year and a half to like get back to normal if you're ever going to do an 82 game season. So like I am pro if that means it's 50 or 60 games for 21, 22, uh, excuse me, for 2021 with the hopes that you can get back to an 82 game season in 21, 22, Okay, let's take baby steps there, but don't just do 82 games for the sake of it. Um, in In terms of your bubble question, yeah, if if that's what it takes to get hockey played, I'm for it. I, I want fans back in the stands. I want to go to games again, Judd. I know you want to go to games again. Fans want to go to games. Totally understand that. Uh, but if that if it push comes to shove, it's either bubble or bust. Then yeah, give me the bubble because I don't want to just not have hockey because there there wasn't a bubble.
0: How about this? 62 games, okay. 62. I'm lopping 20 off, and I know that it's not going to happen because of season ticket sales and amount of games that have to be delivered to uh, regional sports networks, blah, blah, blah. I get that. But what if we thought this out? 62 regular season games and an expanded playoff format that somehow mirrors what we've seen in the bubble. So there's additional playoff games. and, And so the additional games mean something. I'm with you. The 82 games, I don't get. It's too long. It's too much. You know what else, Dex? Too many guys get hurt unnecessarily. Like, the bubble's been fun in part because what? Everybody basically had, for the most part, their roster back to start the playoffs. Oh, my God. Imagine that, right? So could you go to, let's say, 62 games, um, expand the playoff field, do something like you did with the qualifying round? You know what? It might be weird at first, but it was fun. It's absolutely fine. It's quick and it's done. I wonder if there, there would be a way to make uh, fans, advertisers, and TV, radio partners, TV more so, satisfied and happy with a system that cut down on the regular season games, expanded the playoff teams, expanded the playoff format, because that's fun stuff. What I don't consider fun is, to your point, Game 82 or game one of that, Mm -hmm. it's just too much. I think that hockey in the bubble's done a fantastic job. And I think they've stumbled upon some really good things here that they should keep in mind. But if they're going to do that, don't add more. Subtract from the one thing that I think you can subtract from. And what, you know, easily, I believe that that subtraction could come from what we now see regular season wise. And look, you
1: have to change things like the whole, this whole bubble format is working because yeah, we were a star for hockey and we didn't have any sports. And I get that there's excitement there, but it, it in- encouraged normal sports fans to watch games more. And the NBA is nailing this. Like the NBA has done this fantastically. And so as NHL, it's just obviously the NH- NBA is a more popular sport than the NHL. And like you have to be living under a rock to not accept that. Even here in Minnesota, people are still going to watch the NBA playoffs More than the NHL playoffs, and we are the state of hockey, right? We love our hockey here, and people can't comprehend the fact that people want to watch the Raptors and Bucks over the Stars and Knights here in Minnesota. Like that, that's just a product of fans loving the NBA more. That does not, yep, and that does not mean that what the NHL is doing is wrong. I, I think this is great, I think both sports should be doing this more. We talked to Bill Guerin. Uh, right before the playoff bubble situation started, and we asked him, "Do you think this is something that could be in place for seasons to come?" And he said, "Yes, I do." And I wouldn't be shocked at all if if it's a sixty game season, and then there's another round robin or something like, or some type of plan, I should say, like that. I'm all for that. I'm I'm for throwing out the old playbook. This sport desperately needs like a jolt in excitement and a jolt in in common fans liking it. I, I, I've expressed to you before that I I kind of despise the hockey cult community. I, I can't stand it. It's why you will always be fourth in the major sports in North America. It's because you can't accept that other people don't like your sport. And until you get people to like your sport more, it's advertising more. It's changing things up. It's getting rid of the norm. Change it up. So I'm, I'm totally for trimming off the games of the season and putting it in a bubble and expanding the
0: playoffs. Let's start over. I hope that Bettman and his guys and gals, I really hope that they see, because the bubble's been really good. I mean, they've done a great job here. And the ideas are good, and it's been fun. You just hope that they build off this, right? Like, take this and run with the ideas. The ideas have been good. They This league has never had, in such a short period of time, this many solid ideas. They haven't. And you got to hope that they take this and say, this was fantastic. Let's build, build, build. Expanded playoffs. That's fine. What the uh, expansion Seattle franchise comes in a year from now, I believe. So that's going to expand things out. Um, but the bu- this is as much, this is as hopeful, to word it correctly, I guess, as hopeful as I've been about this league in a long time, as far as embracing different ideas and being flexible and being smart and having some fun. Like th- this is why I've been so down on Batman for so long. Because it's always been about the business of this and that, and here's how I do it, and I'm going to negotiate a contract back in the day with OLN and then Versus. It's like, what are you doing? That's all a cash grab. This has been the first time, and yes, it's a cash grab. But the things that they've done in this situation, Dex, for the cash grab, I think have been fantastic. I have never been, and I'm sure I'll get smacked down in a couple months for this, I have never been so hopeful about this league and what it's been doing as what it's done. And I, and, I, and I know
1: I went on a soapbox right there in the last five minutes about how much I, I despise the hockey call community. But I, I agree with you that the what, what they're doing is good for the league. That, like, what, what, what they've been putting in place here at the bubble and the round robins and, and the and the and the expanded playoffs. That's a good thing, because I think this is the one sport with baseball where they are so reluctant to change. Like the NFL, they'll, they'll try something. If, and if it doesn't work, they'll just be like, all right, we're not going to do that. Pass interference. Right. right. They tried it. Didn't work. Was a disaster. We're going back to normal. The NFL will at least try it. The NBA right. is always trying to look at new ways um, to encourage fans and improve their game and whatnot. So they're, they're the forerunners of that. But the NHL and the MLB have always typically been such get off my lawn and I don't want to change this type of mantra. So the fact that the NHL was willing to do this, I think the results are that the fans like this. You know, I know Dumbo was against the, the play-in tournament when we asked him the same question to Garen, but you know maybe his thoughts have
0: changed. Maybe other players' thoughts have changed too. I think if you know what the tournament's going to be at the outset of the season, you probably wouldn't mind it, right? Right, I, I think yeah. The kid's complaint, which I get, was, well, we played till March, and then it stopped. And look, this is a one-off um, fun tournament. As far as I'm concerned, it's not part of the 2019-20 season. But that being said, it's been fun. And I think if you went into a year and you told players you're still going to be paid, but we're going to cut your season down by 20 regular season games, and then do a preliminary play-in tournament, and then go, I think if you know what the rules are from day one, it would be fine. That's true. That's a good point. I did some insight in Declan Goff. I've got some potential news here for you. Okay. And then a question off of that. Okay. I've been told it's only a matter of time before Gary gets to a podium somewhere and in announcing things for the uh, 2021 campaign, announces that the 2021 January 1 Winter Classic at Target Field will be uh, postponed, will not be played on that day, probably will be the next year or so. One, are you disappointed by this, knowing that the game eventually will be played? Two, do you even care? Because the Winter Classic has become, it was really cool when it started and it became diluted and they had way too many outdoor games. And my third question is this, with the delay, would you take the opportunity to change the opponent from the St. Louis Blues to a different team of your choice. Uh, from the
1: Minnesota sports side, yes, I am disappointed. Um, I wanted to go to this Winter Classic. I was very excited to attend it. I know it in general, yeah, it's been down in viewership, and it's not as cool as it, as we thought it was fifteen years ago when it launched. But yeah, I'm disappointed that if it if it's not going to be played, and I'm I think all signs point that it to it not being played on January one. Um, even if it's in an outdoor situation like target field, we still don't have an understanding of what the hell's going on with the virus. And no, there's no obviously cure either. So I I would not be shocked if the winter classic here is banged here in the next coming weeks. Um, In terms of picking a new opponent, I wouldn't die on the Hill. Like if, 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 if Bettman comes back and says, Hey, we're still going to play at Minneapolis. It's going to be here on January one, 2022. I'd say, okay. And it's still wild and blues. I would say, okay um i I would not i would not be completely disappointed and i would not boycott it if if they come back and be like well it's still the blues i'm not gonna be like well i want someone else no i i if if they pick a new opponent also great like i i just i don't really i'm not going to die on the hill of the opponent i just want to see an outdoor hockey game here at target field and 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 the opponent yes it does matter to a degree but i'm not going to die on the hill that they have to then remove the blues and replace them with someone else i
0: i wouldn't do that this is your chance National Hockey League. I know it's not as sexy, and I know it's a Canadian team. Give us the Jets. I like the Jets. And if there's a vaccine, people can be shoulder to shoulder again, and COVID-19 has been tackled. I want a bunch of drunk Winnipeg, Manitoba residents to make the drive down here. I think the Jets would be so much fun. The bars would be packed. It would be, oh, I just think that 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 opponent would be so great. And, look, the Blues are fine. The Blackhawks, I don't need them to ever be in an outdoor game again. No, But the Winnipeg Jets, man, can you imagine the revelry? And everyone would be so happy to see each other again, and we could all be in uh, in a big crowd again. That's my main point here. Give us the Jets. I just think it'd be great.
1: Look, I, I would love Winnipeg. It, it would be a ton of fun. I think that was our consensus pick when we were trying to figure out who the opponent was going to be, um, even though that's not as sexy Marketing play from the NHL corporate side Winnipeg Minneapolis I get that you know Minneapolis has a top 15 market I gotta imagine Winnipeg's outside the top 50 obviously, so I understand that oh, they, yeah, they, wouldn't,
0: useless. They, right. they
1: wouldn't they wouldn't really love that the TV execs wouldn't love it, but in terms of the regional flocking to the city and and how much fun that could truly be, it would be Winnipeg and
0: well, I, I would.
1: More lo- I, so I want. I want nothing more. I was at Tom Reed's watching game the the game four of Canucks in the Wild this year, in, in, on their patio, socially distanced, and it just wasn't the same. I, w- I, I want. I want some Jets around. Yeah, I had a mask on. I didn't feel comfortable. Those two for ones only hit so hard, Judd, and I, I would rather have a, I'd rather be elbow to elbow with some Jet fans.
0: You bring up a very interesting point, and I thought of this. I believe that if we go back to fans in stadiums here fairly soon and i hate to say this and look this this repulses me to say i think the one thing you probably can't have immediately alcohol sales cuz like if you don't have a vaccine what's the biggest problem like i think that if you're not drunk or drinking you're probably pretty good right mm-hmm. but this thing spreads in bars partially cuz bars are inside i i get that but it also spreads in bars because you start drinking your guard goes down, right? You're not nearly as concerned. I wonder if pre-vaccine as we start to get fans back in stadiums, if the one thing that leagues are going to find is the one thing they they probably are going to have to cut down on or not have for a time, beer and mixed drinks. Yeah. And I'm serious and and look, to be clear, if you're if you are a beer distributor out there, I hate saying that, but it's the one thing that occurred to me that could be a problem. Cause if you go to a ball game or a hockey game or a football game and start to drink, I think your guard goes way down as far as proximity to people.
1: I, I can tell you personally, mine does. I mean, 100% oh, mine true. does. I think everyone That's else, every, everyone's does. Uh, and it, it, I don't know if like, you can like, it'd be so difficult to do, but like can you implement a two drink minimum? Like you get your ticket and like, there's a stamp on Like maybe yep. there's some type of limitation there. Um, and look, I, I know people always complain about beer prices and this and that, but like, I've always just accepted the fact like, all right, if I'm going to the game, yeah, I'm gonna pay $10 for a beer and I'm okay with that. Like I am totally like, I, is it expensive and is it absurd that I can get basically a whole case for the price of two beers? Yes. It's a, it's ridiculous, but I have accepted the fact that I'm attending a sports game and yes. I want to be entertained and I want a beer in my hand while I'm, at, I, the, while I'm at the, the game. That's and, just the price. Yeah, exactly. So, so yes, if if that's what it takes to like, at least. Put partial fans in, in stadiums that, hey, we're going to cut back on beer sales or we're going to be really strict on how many beers you can buy over the course of the game. That's fine. Uh, like like I said, I, I, I'm not going to die on the hill that uh, they have to have home arenas and there's no bubble or, or fans or bust, blah, blah, blah. Whatever gets hockey played, I'm all for it.
0: Give me the Jets and give me as much beer as possible. <laughs> pressing topic number four Declan Goff. Who is the biggest surprise team to you in the bubble in a good way? And who is the biggest surprise? in the bubble to you as far as who's out let's take the preliminary round because it was so long ago now out Mm -hmm. of this equation so starting with the first round of the playoffs biggest surprise good and biggest surprise bad from the two bubbles toronto in edmonton which is now consolidated to the western conference bubble in edmonton
1: biggest surprise is the dallas stars um i did not think the dallas stars would be able to do this they've always been a very flashy and sexy team and people have picked them to finally do it with great top end talent but can Ben Bishop stay healthy? Are the defensemen good enough to go over, you know, four rounds and get to the Stanley Cup? So Ben Bishop goes down, and Anton Hudobin steps in, and he's awesome. He was dynamite for them. And I, I did not think the Stars would get to the Western Conference Finals. You know, Vegas was my pick preseason, whether like you know a whole almost a whole year ago that I, I, I said Vegas. I think is the team that was probably going to win the Stanley Cup, and and that wasn't a hot take. I think a lot of people looked at Vegas's roster and said, yeah, that's probably one of the three or four teams that has a legitimately good shot at winning the Stanley Cup. Uh, biggest disappointment. I, I would say it, it's hard to put it on Boston because obviously, you know, Tuca left this, left the situation, but I mean, that Boston Bruins team was, was pretty dang good. I think regardless. And I, I think that obviously those fans are pretty crushed and I know Tuca is getting killed by those crazy Boston fans. And I'm, I'm not going to kill Tuca for that. If, if you want to get out of that situation and you want to be with your family, I have no faults in that. Even if you have started something and you didn't want to finish it, this is such a weird situation that you should take your safety completely first. Even if I am not as strict as someone else with, when it comes to the social distancing and quarantine and, and, and all of this, I can respect anyone's decision to act like that. If my sister wants me to have me over, but she doesn't want me um, to be, you know, grabbing my nephews or, and hanging out with them, or wants me to be away from at the dinner table and at my own thing, I'm all for it. Whatever, whatever makes you feel comfortable, I'll oblige to, um, So I don't want to kill Tuca for that, but I think Boston not being able to get the Eastern conference finals probably has to kill them just because of how good they were.
0: Yeah. And that, that was a team that I think is in the conference finals. If the season had been continuous, don't you? Yeah. And then, but it just stops. And again, that's why this to me is a fun, but separate tournament from what we expected was going to happen when everything stopped in March, Uh, Dallas. Absolutely. And you know, Rick Bonus, dude, is 65 years old, interim coach. We don't know if he's coming back. I just, I love the fact that they took the stoppage and basically tweaked or changed their style. That's genius. Right. That, that, that is what coaching is all about. Like, they looked at film and said, wait, 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 hold on a second. Klingberg and Heeskinen are unbelievable. And we're basically ha- having them be Larry Robinson, Rod Langway, stay-at-home guys this is stupid. I love that change. It's absolutely fantastic. It's worked perfectly. So I'm with you. Dallas is the surprise in a good way. My surprise in a bad way was my write that down prediction uh, for the Stanley Cup champion. The avalanche looked and they got hit by guys being hurt, including Grubauer and our guy, Landon Scott, got hurt late in the tournament and uh, was supposedly, so he missed Game 7, which went into OT, and Dallas won, beat Colorado in a Game 7 OT. And I read subsequently that his injury was bad enough that he couldn't have played again in this tournament. Uh, But Colorado, man, there were times before the injuries hit that they looked phenomenal. I mean, unbelievable. And when McKinnon's going good, man, is he fun to watch. He is phenomenal. And so I'm disappointed, and it's too bad that they lost. Dallas is a great story. Colorado's a more fun team. And that, that's the one thing that I would say about this now. I'm not going to fret about the fact that the Rangers are gone or, you know, Pittsburgh, all the big names. That's too bad. But just as far as the players and probably more specifically the teams that I would have liked it to have seen, Vegas is good, legit. But, like, if you give me a choice, I can watch the Abs or Stars. I'm taking the Abs ordinarily. Uh, Eastern Conference. Islanders, man, I respect them. Barry Love Trotz does a great job. They did. Their Barzell is off the charts again. Great, but do I really want to watch them in the Eastern Conference Finals compared to some of the teams I could probably watch? They wouldn't be my first choice. They probably wouldn't be. Tampa Bay is a remarkable story because Stamkos hasn't played. Like Stephen Stamkos <laughs> was supposed to be this guy. They they gave him the big contract. He right. was their captain. Steven Stamkos is MIA. He's hurt. We don't know what's wrong. I don't know if he has COVID. I don't know if he's uh, got a broken leg or what. So the conference finals, I don't think have fallen exactly like I would like as a fan in terms of watchability. Uh, but Colorado man, Nathan McKinnon, because that, that was legit. You know, McDavid was probably not McKinnon was legit to get through to the uh, Western conference finals. That's my surprise just because I would have liked to have seen him play. Hey, let me ask you something. Why why do you
1: think, and I, I see this on Twitter every year what what is it with wild fans? And is it is it strictly just Landeskog? What is it with the wild fans that hate the Colorado Avalanche so much? Because to me, I think they're a fun team to watch. Like like even if I'm in a cross sports here, like the Vikings fans hate Saints fans. Saints fans for Bounty Gate and this and that. And I think that's a little far fetched, but I can understand why you wouldn't like the Saints. I can get that. The Twins and the Yankees. The Yankees are always beating you. They're not in your division, but they're always beating you. I can understand the frustration. I for the life of me cannot understand why Wild fans don't want to watch the Colorado Avalanche. Is it strictly Gabriel Landeskog? Because if that dude's on your team,
0: you're going to flip that script so fast, I know you will. you kidding? You'd love him. I love that guy. He's great. Uh, One is I think yes, I think what you just said is correct. The other, I think, is jealousy. I think in 2003, because you knocked out Patrick Law, who, by the way, retired, okay? Yeah. You knocked out Forsberg. You knocked out Sackic. Look at that team. And I think Wild fans got haughty. And I think they thought, we've got the upper hand now. 2003, okay? Think about it since then. You played them, and, and you did beat them again in the first round a few years back. But I think their overall talent and skill decks is what Wild fans would like to have. And I think that there's a bit of jealousy there. Also... When when Colorado got bad, they popped up and got good. Mm-hmm. And I think that they have the type of success that Wild fans envy. So one is I think you nailed. Landon Skog is a pain in the ass to play against, and he makes fans mad. And you are a 1,000% right. And if if Billy Guerin, who I'm sure would love to do this, could make a trade for Gabriel Landon Skog tomorrow, Wild fans would be out buying their, what, 92 jerseys? They They'd be out. Celebrating the arrival of this heroic player, who they hate right now. But I also think the deeper dive into why Wild fans hate the Abs is the overall success, the consistent success. And look at them now, Declan. Look at their top line. I know. If if you're a Wild fan and you're right, if if you were offered that line tomorrow, you'd be like, oh my god, where do I get my McKinnon jersey too? Um, but I think it's a combination of those two things and. The haughtiness that goes back to two thousand three when you think now we've got the upper hand and you had it very briefly and then it was gone again. It's that's like it's so intriguing
1: to me. Like I I I I just I don't understand it. Like I, I really don't get it because even if Landeskog got traded here, and I know I say I flipped the script, but like so it, is is there honestly wild fans that would stop becoming fans of this team oh, because they got Gabe?
0: exactly no, they love him? No, exactly. No, no, no you're right. Even if they didn't love him. They'd accept it. They would just accept it. Accept it. They'd embrace it. But yes. he's a, but he is a complete agitator, and he's great at it. Right. He's great. He's fantastic. He's a top-line guy. Right. No, you're right. But I do think the ads are a reflection of what Wild fans wonder why they can't have. Because mm-hmm. they do have more success. Right. All right. Our final one, pressing topic number five. This comes from... Michael Russo, as you like to say, friend of the show, in the athletic today, reporting that uh, Miko Koivu has been told by, or was told according to sources by Billy Garen at the end of the season sit down that he will not be retained, that the Wild will not be re-signing him, that his time with the Wild is done, meaning he can either retire or continue playing. Which path do you think Koivu chooses and how will you elect to, re- to remember him as a member of the world
1: I will remember him as as a franchise decorated player, the team's first captain. um I don't even with all the flack you and I have given him and other fans have given him, I don't think i I don't look at him as a misunderstood player. I really don't i, I think I think he is a is a as a franchise first player. He loved playing here. He wanted to be here. He wanted to win a Stanley Cup. Did we question his leadership skills and and some things on and off the ice? Fine, but that happens with every athlete. Um, I think he's someone who will eventually be inducted to the Wild's Ring of Honor, if that's what we want to call it. Um, just wait on the jersey retirement is what I'll say. Please don't retire number nine, brother. I mean, Liam,
0: brother Liam's going to be very upset.
1: He's on. He's on, a, he's on the point right to now. Me and
0: your brother, and now you're going to piss him off.
1: Yeah, no, I just just hold it. Like I'm, I'm not. I'm not totally against retiring him. I the number. Just just hold off. Let him breathe. Let him breathe a little bit, man. Oh, Let they breathe. they will, right? You'd think so.
0: Think number, nine, so. n- number nine in hockey is Precious. Like, that's Gordie Howe. Ring of Honor. Establish it. Um, in- incred- incredibly consistent in his prime. Damn good. I don't know that he ever realistically should have been put in charge of the locker room. But that doesn't change the fact that he was a very good player. Um, that he was a guy who was reliable. I will also give him this, and I I don't know how you feel about this one. I really admire what he did at the end this year in taking that fourth-line role and doing a pretty damn good job. Uh, I never would have thought that he was capable of that, that that his pride would have gotten in the way, Declan. And so the end to me was impressive just in the sense that he took a role that he probably didn't love and seemed to embrace it. But I also will say Bill Guerin, I think, is on the right track here. It is time to start flipping the script. Um, Koivu won't be back. I'm not going to be surprised at all if uh, Guerin takes another shot at trading crazy to the Islanders. I think that that has a good chance of happening. And I think that Wild fans should absolutely embrace that the GM now, after a year plus of sort of observing the canvas of things and making some changes, is going to start to change things more and really is going to give this team a chance for another for another opportunity at a playoff run that didn't happen last time. And I don't know exactly why it didn't. The young guys didn't develop it as well. Our expectations of Parisi and Suter, in fairness, were probably a little bit too high compared to what they should have been. But I think severing ties with Coyville really is going to be a, a very important uh, line of demarcation of the next step for this franchise. And if you keep bringing guys back, it makes it harder to make that step. This, to me, is probably an incredibly important transition in the wild, going to a different place potentially.
1: Yeah, I, I've, I have full trust in Bill Guerin. I don't think this is a slow burn type of Detroit Red Wings, Ottawa Senators, or you're going to be horrible for five or six years and and hopefully you'll find some draft lottery luck and, and then you'll figure things out. No, I think this is going to be a year to two, it, it, even it, maybe just a year of a slow retooling. I wouldn't even use the word rebuild. I think it's retooling and changing the culture. And, and that's what Guerin said too that he, he's not just trying to change the roster. I'm trying to change the accountability and, and change the entire locker room. And I commend him for that. I, God, for God's sakes, I, I would love a GM that just says it like it is. And, and the season ends, he says, yeah, our goaltending sucked. We need to be better at that. I love that honesty. Um, so I, I, I trust Bill Guerin. I agree with you that moving on from Koivu and, and starting the new era, I guess, if you will, of wild hockey is basically upon us. And I'm excited to see where those pieces fall.
0: All right, five pressing topics on Judd's Hockey Show is done. We'll talk to you next week. We'll invent something else. I'm sure that'll be just as exciting. Who knows? There might be a trade. There might be news. There certainly can be. Declan, take it away. Passhoot score. He knows he once ate an entire sheet cake. He knows your selfie life isn't your real life. He knows what goes down on the DMs. Shouldn't you know your dog better? Now you can learn his inner secrets with Embark, the highest-rated dog DNA test unlocking over 350 breeds and screening for over 215 genetic health risks. Go to EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DNA, that's DNA, to get $60 off an Embark Breed and Health Kit or Purebred Kit with free shipping. That's promo code DNA to save today.